Hello and welcome. The name of this podcast series is Taboo Truths and Tales. So why these particular T words are all in the title, you may may want to know. Fair question. It's because this podcast deals with subject matter considered to be taboo. This podcast deals with a person's perception of truths. And this podcast deals with storytelling tales of fiction told by an individual. You need to choose for yourself what you perceive as truths versus tales because very often in real life that distinction is not crystal clear. This podcast is marked explicit. What that means, you should not listen to this podcast if you happen to be under the age of 18 or if someone under age 18 is listening there with you. Explicit means nobody under age 18 should be listening to this podcast series. So here we go. Taboo Truths and Tales is hosted by Madeira D'Souza. That's me. Some of you may know me by my nickname as Woody. Whatever you want to call me, I welcome you here to this podcast, which is definitely intended for people who are 18 or older. Thank you. Now let's get started. Once upon a time. Wait. Come on. Do we really start off with those particular words? Really? The director is talking in my ear. What? He wants me to just continue narrating? Yes, I understand. Here we go then. No need to get all bent out of shape. The title of this episode is Pumpkin Emperor. This narrated story is another in the horror podcast Vegas series. It was written and produced by Madeira de Souza. I caution you that this is a gory story. This gory story also is an allegory. Poetic, yeah? An allegory can be interpreted to reveal a hidden meaning, typically a moral or political meaning. Imagine, if you will, an allegorical tale in which a man has a face which is orange. Yeah, orange. And orange is, as everyone knows full well, the color of the pumpkin. So, now sit back and float downstream as you listen to our narrated story, Pumpkin Emperor. Our story is set within a small and peaceful town located miles and miles from the influences of big city culture. And in this little town, trust me when I tell you nothing too important ever happens to anyone here. So, why does anyone keep living there, you may wonder. Yeah, I would wonder that, myself. But our story matters more, okay. The small town one day starts changing. Nobody notices it all in the very beginning. The changes to which I am referring are ever so slight. Absolutely invisible changes. But changes nonetheless. And changes in life sometimes are difficult to navigate. A young man, let's just say his name was William. 
not his real name. This young man was sitting alone in his small apartment in the small town one night after getting off from work. He showered away the usual scent of French fries and cheeseburgers that seemed to be part of his DNA. He worked at a fast food joint. Why else, you may wonder, would any guy smell like French fries and cheeseburgers? So it was that William stepped out of his shower in his small apartment in the small town after succeeding in showering away all traces of French fries and cheeseburgers. He was rubbing his thick blonde hair with the towel when William noticed something unexpected. Right there in his small bathroom in the small apartment was a very big creature. When I use the phrase, very big creature, what do you think I mean? I wonder what mental picture you get when you hear me saying the phrase, very big creature. Well, I will do all the work for you. That is my fate as your humble narrator in this story I am telling tonight. The phrase, very big creature, refers, specifically, to the size of his. What? Okay. Now, wait just a damn second. You think I am just gonna jump in and blurt out to you the nature of the phrase, very big creature? Okay, we are good here. I'm allowed to tell you this. The phrase refers to the size of his cock and balls. Okay, are you happy now? You heard me say it clearly, did you not? The phrase refers to the size of his cock and balls. So, what have we got thus far? Well, we have got a naked blonde guy getting out of his shower. His stage name here is William. Oh, so he has a stage name. Okay. William is shocked to find a creature standing suddenly in his bathroom. The creature is also naked. I suppose I should have mentioned that part first. So, let us see. Naked guy, William, from the shower. Naked creature in the same bathroom just outside the shower stall. And, yes, the naked creature has a gigantic cock and balls. Follow me closely. These things may be on the exam at the end of the episode. Just kidding. There is no exam at the end of the episode. Just the naked creature with the gigantic cock and balls. What happens next is not at all unexpected. No, no, no the creature does not have anal sex with the naked blonde guy, William, from the shower. Would you rather the story take a turn in that direction? Really? Come on, pay attention. I am your humble narrator and I think you should pay me a little more respect than that. What happens is this. The creature with the massive cock and balls is wearing a rotting pumpkin that rests ever so gently upon his neck and shoulders. You cannot see the face of the man who is wearing that rotting pumpkin that rests ever so gently upon his neck and shoulders. You can see cutouts for eyes. Someone used a knife to make the cutouts for eyes. Otherwise, the rotting pumpkin is intact. Well, okay. The word rotting does suggest a certain amount of decomposition. Okay, so, 
I will grant you here that you see a rotting pumpkin on someone's neck and shoulders, and that pumpkin is decomposing, and you can readily see it has cutouts for eyes. Are you following me here? Cock and balls. Check. Rotting pumpkin. Check. Cutouts for the eyes. Check. Decomposing. Check. William, the naked blonde guy, is stunned. You would be stunned, too. He wants to know what this creature wearing a rotting pumpkin is doing in his bathroom so late at night. William, apparently a man of few words, whips up the pure courage to ask, Who the fuck are you, mister? Is that a sign of a man who has pure courage? I doubt it. Totally. Who the fuck are you, mister, is just goddamn lame. William could easily have said something far more threatening to the creature. Such as this, hey, motherfucker. I got you trapped in here now. You cannot fucking get away from me. As you can see, I am blocking your only way out of this very, very small bathroom. You are trapped in here, I promise you, fucker. How does that make you feel, you pathetic and ugly orange-headed monster? Well, as you might imagine, the creature or the monster becomes quite agitated at this point. And the creature or monster lunges threateningly in the direction of William, the naked blonde guy. William uses the only weapon he has at his disposal. He snaps his shower towel so that the towel makes sudden contact with the bathroom intruder's seriously large cock and balls. Oh yeah. The sound is, well, you were once a young boy in high school showering with other boys. You have some idea how that would sound like. Just use your imagination. Hear it. Hear it in your mind. The creature or monster who is wearing the rotting pumpkin screams out in pain. I am not gonna describe what that scream sounded like. Suffice to say, that bathroom intruder who is wearing the rotting pumpkin screams out in agony and then he doubles over and falls flat on the wet floor of the very, very small bathroom. William, the naked blonde guy, then angrily kicks the rotting pumpkin on the creature lying flat, face down, on the wet floor of the very, very small bathroom. And, what do you know? William succeeds in kicking off the rotting pumpkin completely. The rotting pumpkin rolls away and only stops when it bumps into the wall with a squishy sound. Yes, I said it. A squishy sound it was. No imagination needed. Are you happy now? So, what do you think William is gonna do? He goes over to the rotting pumpkin and picks it up very gently, intending to get a much closer look. I wonder if perhaps a smarter choice would have been first to make sure the bathroom intruder or creature or monster was neutralized and no longer a threat. But I am only the narrator. What do I know, right? The rotting pumpkin flies on its own power from William's hands. It flies on its own. William shouts out in shock at what he is witnessing. The rotting pumpkin smashes squarely into William's head. Not good. 
That hurts William. Hurts a lot. Before he realizes what has happened, William is now the one who is wearing that rotting pumpkin. William rushes over to the small mirror to see his own reflection. Well, what do you think William sees? Well, of course. You are correct. William sees a rotting pumpkin is now resting ever so gently on his very own neck and shoulders. Oh, shit. William turns away from the bathroom mirror and looks down at the bathroom floor. He sees nothing. Not a fucking thing. The creature or the monster whom he had rendered unconscious is no longer there at all. Gone. Completely vanished. Immediately upon realizing that he, himself, now is the creature or the monster in the very, very small bathroom, William panics. His only intention was to attack the creature or the monster. Self-defense. Yeah. But in so doing, that attack resulted specifically in the rotting pumpkin mysteriously transferring itself so that it came to rest ever so gently on the neck and shoulders of William himself. The cutouts for his eyes allow William to see his own reflection when he turns back to look in that bathroom mirror. He sees tears welling up in his terrified eyes. And William suddenly feels like he is gonna vomit and pass out. Or maybe he will just pass out with no vomiting. William runs out of his bathroom. He dashes out the front door of his small apartment. He ends up running at full speed down the street where his small apartment is located. William just keeps running and running and running. Because this is happening in that very small town, there is absolutely no traffic on the street at all. None. This complete absence of any vehicles or other people allows William wearing the rotting pumpkin to keep on running down that street completely undetected and unstoppable. William stops running. But he does not feel tired. He realizes that he has not even broken into perspiration at all. He cannot figure out why he does not feel any physical effects of having run down that street at full speed away from his apartment. He knows that he should feel out of breath at least. He does not feel out of breath at all. Then William instinctively glances down at his own nakedness in the dim illumination of a dying mercury vapor street light. The light is blinking on and off, on and off, against a fully darkened sky with no starlight visible. That is a special moment for William. He notices with his own eyes that his cock and balls have changed. Not merely changed, however. Bigger. He thinks of the word upgrade. William somehow has acquired a similar gigantic cock and balls that he noticed earlier this particular evening, when he first encountered that mysterious creature who ventured for no good reason into his very, very small bathroom. William realizes that he has a gigantic cock and supremely impressive testicles. For no good reason. None at all. He has become that bathroom monster. William nods as he accepts he will next go into shock. 
he notices his pace of breathing is increasing. His heart rate also is much faster than normal. William sits down on the curb and his cock and balls flop over the edge of the curb and nearly reach the street. William struggles as he tries to remove the rotting pumpkin from its position upon his neck and his shoulders. But he cannot get the rotting pumpkin to move at all. William tries to scream. He remembers how he heard that monster in his bathroom screaming so horribly. But William discovers that he is unable to make any sounds at all. It is as though his voice has been silenced somehow. Have the rules of the universe changed so suddenly tonight? William is wearing the rotting pumpkin over his head. He wants to scream. He tries to speak. No luck. No voice. No sounds come from his mouth inside that rotting pumpkin resting on his neck and shoulders. William weeps without shame. William gets to his feet and walks very slowly down the sidewalk. Where is he supposed to go? Who will be able to help him? All William can do is weep as he gives in totally to all-consuming feelings of grief and loss. William eventually comes upon a house on that street which has a light on inside the glass of the front door. William walks up to that house. He is surprised that the front door is unlocked. So William quietly opens the front door and enters that house. He quickly locates a ground floor bedroom down the hall just a few steps from the front door. William stops weeping. He quietly opens the door to that bedroom. A young man about the same age as him is sleeping in a twin bed. Snoring. That's how William knows the young man is asleep. William knows he cannot make any sounds. So instead of sounds at all, William decides to wave his arms up and down silently. His intention is to get the attention of the young man asleep in the bed. Yeah, that should work well. That will do the trick for sure. You know it will work just fine. The man who was snoring while asleep in the twin bed suddenly awakens. He screams like anyone would who is awakened suddenly from a deep sleep and sees a man's arms waving up and down, up and down making a flapping sound in the night air. A monster. A creature. A rotting pumpkin rests on the neck and shoulders of a totally naked beast with a huge cock and balls. The man's horrified screaming motivates William to run out of that bedroom. William runs out of the house to escape from the screaming man in the twin bed. But William is not careful. You knew that already. William runs in sheer panic from that house and what do you think happens? William stumbles and falls to the pavement of the street. He was not watching where he was running. William lands face down on the cold surface of that quiet little street in the small town. The force of the impact with the street pavement forcibly dislodges the rotting pumpkin from its position on William's neck and shoulders. William watches in complete joy as the rotting pumpkin rolls away from him. 
William reaches up and is happy to feel he still has his own head on his neck and shoulders, as he is lying on his chest in the middle of that street. William smiles feeling reassured as the rotting pumpkin rolls down the street away from him. He allows himself a moment to exhale as he watches the rotting pumpkin come to rest next to the right front tire of a weathered old car, parked down that street. All I want is to keep my cock and balls, William screams out in a very loud voice. Yeah, his voice works once again. What a thrill for William as he stands up confidently. He sees several houses near him on the street suddenly switching on their exterior lights in response to his shouting. William quickly turns and he runs at full speed in the direction away from the houses whose lights had been switched on, knowing someone will call the cops. William arrives back at his apartment. He feels greatly relieved to once again be inside a safe space that he knows so well. He believes the worst is over after a terrible night. William slumps down on the sofa in total exhaustion. But then the front door to his apartment opens suddenly and unexpectedly. William jumps to his feet, ready to defend himself. William stands there totally naked near his own sofa with his fists clenched tightly. He realizes the young man whom he had rudely awakened from a deep sleep minutes ago is the unexpected intruder, who just entered his apartment through the front door without any warning at all. The young man is wearing only tight white briefs. But more importantly than what the young man is wearing is what the young man is carrying. Under his left arm, the young man wearing tight white briefs is gently but firmly holding on to the rotting pumpkin. William opens his mouth to scream in response. The rotting pumpkin flies through the air on its own power in William's direction. In a split second of time, the rotting pumpkin comes to rest decidedly on top of William's neck and shoulders once again. William cannot speak. He is in shock. He drops to his knees ready at last to surrender to the young man wearing the tight white briefs. William hears a submissive voice coming from the mouth of the young man wearing the tight white briefs. I sincerely apologize to you, my emperor. Please forgive me, sir. William gets up and stands on his bare feet. William can merely shrug at the young man wearing the tight white briefs. That's the only way William can communicate with that young man who is standing there unwelcome inside the apartment. The young man wearing the tight white briefs gets a mournful look on his handsome face. He says, I know that I deserve your punishment, sir. I really do. I know that I have greatly offended you this evening. I only ask, my emperor, one thing in response. I ask you to spare my life, sir. My emperor, I am just your humblest of many servants. I am yours to command, sir. I am so sorry that I have offended you tonight. Please spare my life, sir. William takes one step closer to the young man who is wearing tight white briefs and William points angrily to the young man's bulge. 
The young man quietly says, Yes, my emperor. I fully understand your demand. And I comply. The young man removes the tight white briefs and lets them fall to the floor of the apartment around his ankles. I accept your wrath, my emperor. I deserve your wrath, sir. William walks up to the naked young man whose tight white briefs remain around his ankles on the floor. William kicks the young man squarely in the nuts. Immediately, the young man drops to his knees on the floor in pain and humiliation as he defensively covers his crotch with cupped hands. I deserve that, my emperor. I deserve no mercy from you whatsoever, sir. You have returned as the prophesy said you would return. You are here once again walking among us in the mortal world. I am sorry I offended you tonight as I did, sir. Your triumphant return to the realm of the living, my emperor, is what matters most tonight. I ask you to cut my balls off. I ask you to cut my cock off as well. I am so sorry, sir. I deserve nothing less, my emperor. Except this payment I offer you, sir. I deserve this tonight. I accept that my emperor will take my manhood. Such is the price of my complete failure tonight, my emperor. I am willing to lose my manhood to my emperor. I am willing. I am willing. Go ahead, sir. Do it. I am willing. And William glares down at the subservient young man who remains on his knees. It might be a fascinating new experience to cut off a young man's balls and cock tonight. That's what William thinks. That thinking forces William to realize that his life had just suddenly changed. He has had no time to notice the change at all. The change was so unexpected. No such changes had ever happened in that small town William lived in. William knew he had never changed quite as much before compared to the changes he has experienced so suddenly in that one eventful night. He looks upon that pathetic young man who is crying unashamedly now. The young man trembles in complete nakedness while kneeling without making any eye contact at all in the presence of the powerful Pumpkin Emperor. Pumpkin Emperor is the title of this narrated horror story you just heard. It was written and produced by Madeira de Souza. The episode, Pumpkin Emperor, is squarely within the horror podcast Vegas series. You can, if you dare for a scare, visit horrorpodcastvegas.com, where you will find much more horror-themed mayhem and intense taboo tales. Go to the website, horrorpodcastvegas.com, where you will find uncensored fun to distract you for all your worries and cares in this life. Oh, go ahead. You know you want more horror. Everyone does. I promise you that. Good evening and sleep well, but maybe leave a light on tonight. Just for tonight only. Maybe good for you.